Hey everybody, welcome to RC Heli Nation, version 2.0, the winter edition. Burr. Burr. It's cold this week, guys. Cold. It is yeah. pretty darn cold. Yes, it is. So now I want, uh, Jesse, you're in Pullman, so you probably actually experience cold weather. Uh, um, I, Not quite as cold as you, but we've been in the teens um, all week. So Justin's about ready to tell me how cold it was where he, he lives. And then I want to yeah, mock, then I want to mock him a little bit. It's it it's not it's not all that cold. It's the lows have been in the in the low twenties, but for that's, this time of year in Seattle, that's pretty damn cold. I don't care what time of year. That's <laughs> yeah. just cold. Period. It doesn't usually get that yeah. cold there for you guys, does it? I mean, it's pretty well. Cool. It does in the dead of winter. It will, yeah. but in November and and without snow, it's pretty unprecedented. Yep. Well, the gang's all here. You guys uh, just heard Justin, Nick, and Jesse. Hi, guys. Hi. What's up? So, the cold. I'm going to start with what I did this week because it's going to be short and sweet. <laughs> it <laughs> was cold. We were at zero pretty much all week, and the extremes were... Uh, minus 20 with a 30, minus 37 wind chill at times. Um, not conducive to good flying weather, as you could imagine. Uh, not yeah. conducive to good surviving <laughs> weather, as you could imagine. I, I got to tell you, I just, uh, this storm, three days before this, you know, we used to call them Arctic blasts back when I was a kid. Now they're calling them what do they call them? They're calling them polar vortexes. Whatever. It's just Are cold. Are you serious? That's what they call it? Really? I think, I think that's what they called it, yeah. So Arctic. I thought the Arctic blast was a Slurpee flavor. <laughs> it does sound like some yeah. sort of food stuff. I think, you're, I think you're right. It is. I think it actually is. I think you, you used to be able to buy that at Kmart, as I remember. Yeah. 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 Dude, Kate, that is so funny. Kate, they got it at Target now. <laughs> Arctic blast. So I got to tell you, I just, uh, you know, two days before this happened, it was 60 degrees and we were wearing shorts and it was, you know, fairly cool, uh, but not, you know, that bad. And then Monday hit and um, man, it just got rigid cold. So I... Yeah, you, the, the blade's ready to go. Still haven't flown it. Didn't get any flights in this week. Oh, oh man. No fly. No, dude, Ouch. that's two weeks in a row. Okay, look. Hey, I, I'm going to give you a Barry White no fly. You ready for this? I'm ready for it. Hey, damn, baby. You ain't got no fly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, jeez. 
Oh man, I just this weather. I I was actually uh, having a uh, uh, Antonios was texting me. He was uh, I don't know if he was taunting me. Uh, and then of course we saw, you know, we weren't talking about the weather, but I did mention how cold it was and he was like, Oh man. <laughs> and then, then the Cashwell's post something, right? Did you guys see that post? Mm-hmm. Yep. Oh yeah. Might have to wear my winter th- flip flops this week. That is cool. Well, they That's posted cruel. the, you know, the typical temperature map of the U S where yeah. everyone's yeah. in like deep freeze. And then down in Florida, it's like 82 still orange and yellow <laughs> colors. Man. You know what? That is a great oh. recipe to get your house blown away. So just watch out there. Yeah. Buddy old pal. When you're c- clinging to a palm tree, don't call. <laughs> oh, you're, you're referring to a hurricane. Yeah. I was like, wait a minute, dude, did you just threaten to, blow someone's <laughs> house up <laughs> over the <laughs> weather so i mean is it, sometimes isn't that taking Seriously. that a little little too uh, far dude dumbest smart guy i know yeah. <laughs> for a smart guy you do sure do dumb well <laughs> <sighs> so you know other than the uh i gotta tell you know uh, it was a good week at work i gotta tell you we got a new machine in today sexy very sexy nerd toys very much yeah. so. I uh, uh, can't wait to get that thing up and going. But it just doesn't, man. What a! I c- I didn't even have, have any helis to really wrench on. Nothing's really. Everything's ready to go. Um, so I was just just dreading this weather. And we were supposed to get a bunch of snow, but we didn't get a lot of snow. And it's uh, typically when it's really really cold like that, the snow is kind of welcome because when it starts to snow, it warms up. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we uh, I remember I was getting ready to go to work the other morning and the, and the weather guy was all excited. Oh, it's going to warm up to 20 degrees today. Oh, that's, that's really, horrible. yeah, that's horrible. So short, like I said, short and sweet guys. I just, there's just not a lot you can do when it's that cold outside. It's God's country, Nick. Remember? Mm-hmm. You know, you know, you'd like, you know, you'd like to live out here. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Dude, I'd rather have a colonoscopy. <laughs> For half the year, though, right? Because in the summer, it's not bad. Oh, it's beautiful here in the summer. Yeah. I mean. That was something that I appreciated in driving through that state. For what seemed like many, many weeks on yeah. our way to Urcha. It's a big, it's a big state. <laughs> yeah, it's a big yeah. state. I got to tell you, though, you know, this is this this type of weather is not that common for us. It does happen. I mean, it's wintertime. It does happen. But typically, we're not this cold. We're, you know, upper 20s, you know, just, just a little bit below freezing. But but the, the zeros do happen a couple times every winter. This one just came a little early. Supposed to be a bad winter all the way around. You guys heard that, right? I did hear that. Yeah, the Farmer's Almanac has said this is supposed to be a worse winter, uh, worse than last year. And apparently the UK, for those of you in the UK, this is supposed to be your worst winter in recorded history. Well, now, where does that apply? Because last winter wasn't all that bad. Where? What? Are you kidding me? The cold snap that we went through. Dude, in February, we got 43 inches of snow in February. 
Yeah, it must be the Montana farmer or farmer's almanac then. No, it's you you lucky bastards over there just don't get the nasty weather. You get the rain, but you don't get the cold and the snow. Yeah, but see I I classify it as like can't fly and like really really can't fly. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. <laughs> Once you get below like 25. You, 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 it's and see the then same. once it gets to a certain point it starts ramping back up in like cool factor because then it's potentially might not have to go to work. Oh my God, really potentially might not have to go to work. Not have to go to work. Success. Minus 30. Yeah, but perfect. then it's like <laughs> then it's tight tight then frozen it, in the house. Oh, yeah. Got to go under the house. Yeah. No way. I'm, I'm smart like that, yo. I got Bob freaking Vila. <laughs> <laughs> then it's video it's then it's video oh, game geez. time, right? That's yeah. No work and video game time. Video game time. Or simming is what I'm supposed well, to say. That, yeah, that's yeah. A, it's a video game, isn't it? Kinda? Kinda? No? Alright. Or you're just stuck on the same level forever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. just, that's what it feels like now. You never beat it. <laughs> Oh, that makes it worth its money. It's a just you'll just you have to you'll never master it. So yeah, it's an exciting week. Uh, so that you know still puts me at uh, uh, is it three forty or four forty? Four forty. Four forty. Yeah. Sucks. <laughs> yeah, it does. <laughs> I, don't, I yep. just don't. I'm actually sincerely excited. And ready to go to Florida. I almost want to go now and just hang out there for two weeks. <laughs> I just, I got to get out of this cold because it's not going away apparently for a while. So, I don't know. Yeah, this ain't, this ain't right. No, it's too early. It's too damn early for this kind of weather. I mean, it's not even over Thanksgiving yet. So, anyway. Did you at least wrench on something, dude? I, could, I had nothing really to wrench on. I mean, I, I did you sim? I did not. Dude, did you dream sim. about helicopters? I, well, actually, I got to. I I actually got to play around with Blade a little bit. I actually, uh, I was kind of toying around with it because it's you know we're kind of in between stage at work, so I had it in the in the um, I have it in the shop, and I was overlooking Nick's settings. On the brain slash icon. I don't know if I would go by those because I don't even. Nah, it flew when I sent it to you because I flew it the week before. <laughs> yeah, jeez, <laughs> oh, that's confidence inspired. Yeah, well, and you, and you, good luck. And also, too, if, if we go back and uh, take a listen, Nick, I do believe you told me that uh, you're. You know, I won't have to worry about it because it's tuned. Yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah, sure. He says. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I mean, deal's done. Was <laughs> yeah. Throw that bad boy in the air. Don't even look at anything. Nah, I mean, you know what? At the end of the day now, if the gyro corrects in the right direction, it'll fly. Yeah. Yeah. And it does. I did check that. It does fly? It flies? No, no, no. The gyro does does correct in the right direction. And then I kind of eyeballed it just to see if maybe you were going to try to put in my customary, uh, my uh, little 22 degrees. Um, I see you didn't do that. So. No, should be fourteen. Yeah. So 
But that's about all I had to do, man. I just was uh, looking at it, and I showed it to a few guys that came by the shop. They thought it was pretty cool. Uh, they still, same guy, same question. Well, I don't get it, man. Why do you have two of those? Because <laughs> I have the rush down there as well. Yeah, I just looked at him and said, uh, until you start flying, my friend, you just won't get it. So we'll leave it at that. And that, uh, <laughs> sad but true, wraps up my week. I've finally gotten around to bringing my charging setup into the world of current technology, and wow, what can I say? From the powerful and feature-rich Dual PowerLab 8 charger, to Progressive's unique and infinitely adaptable modular parallel balance board systems, I now feel like I can charge my entire fleet of packs from just two ports and a few charge leads. So why mess around with that old and busted charger or its accessories? Follow my lead. Head over to ProgressiveRC.com and have a look at the multitude of chargers, power supplies, accessories, turnkey charging systems, and even batteries. If you're not sure what to buy or have a question about how to design your custom system, then go ahead and give the PRC team a call at 443-BATTERY and they'll get you squared away in no time. Thank you, Justin. Call the PRC team at 443-228-8379. ProgressiveRC.com, bringing charging power to a heli near you. I'll go next. You're gonna bring this. I only you, have. You're gonna bring what? this party up. You're gonna uh, buy one flight. <laughs> <laughs> oh jeez. Yep. One flight was all it took to go. Oh hell no! It's way too cold. Way and too run cold. back in the shop. yep that's it i mean that's that is the extent (laughs) of (laughs) that that is it i was it even a good flight no not at all short and sweet no it was (laughs) like two minutes in the air (laughs) yeah this was was with the goblin 500 yep i take it yeah i did get i do have a motor on the way though so oh. I guess that is something nice. Else. Yep. I finally, I did decide on the 4020 1100. Mm-hmm. Okay. Gives me a little bit of wiggle and room if I decide to stretch it. Um, and I have decided that we're um, definitely going to go for some, I think some rail 516s. And then nice. probably at that point, I'm probably just going to leave that one. I, I, I mean, I, my gut says it's going to, fly the way good enough for how I would like it to and and I'll just leave it and fly it and enjoy it. It'll serve its purpose. Yeah, I should probably go through and do some maintenance on it though, shouldn't I, Dan? Nah, it's good. I can't, wait a minute. Nah, it's good yeah. as in Dude, there's nothing nothing to fix, man. There's nothing to maintain. That's what scares me when you say that. There's nothing to maintain. No, it's good, man. It only fell off a wall once. Yeah, and I fixed it after that. Yeah, but how many flights do you have on it? Well, you're 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 kind of making it sound like I've got like 400 flights on it, and I never did anything to it. Is that what you're getting at? Is that what you're uh, alluding oh, to? Okay, let me twist that around and ask you: How many <laughs> flights are on it, and what have you done to it? I've relinked it twice, and I've changed the belt once. Motor. <laughs> 
Uh, not relinked well. it. Yeah. Why? Because the links were getting sloppy. When you throw down that hard. <laughs> Jesse. <laughs> <laughs> but that's got to be a fair amount of flights, though. Well, no. Have I oiled? Are you asking if I oiled the bearings in the motor? Is that what you're asking me? No, that's actually not what I was what asking were you, what you were at you, all. What about what I think he's about to tell you. Thrust, thrust bearings, main bearings have to uh, been checked. I uh, noticed they got a little vertical play in the main shaft. The um, the the thrust bearings have been replaced once. Oh, nice. Uh, the main bearings have not done anything to the main bearings. So vertical play, that could just be a uh, grub screw loose. There's, can't you adjust that? Can't you take out the vertical? You know plate? what's really awesome? Hmm. This is now my second goblin that uh, I have. Wait, third. Third goblin that I've owned? I've never built one. <laughs> <laughs> so what, what were you asking oh, about the dude, motor? What true. about the motor? What were you asking nice. me about the motor? I don't think I asked you anything about yeah, the motor. Yeah, you, you said yeah, the you motor. Yeah, you said and the motor. What, what? Did I miss something on the motor? I don't know. I must have been the the fairies in my head. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's... Yeah, a, I, I don't know. Yeah, well, take a look through it. I don't think you'll find anything. Let me know if you do. Of course, I don't doubt that you wouldn't let me know. And you probably wouldn't care even if I did. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> No, I think the only thing that I've noticed is the um, I need to go in and file out that little plastic, that little plastic. Goddamn it! That's in the that's in the tail boom, the rod guide. Oh, is it a little stiff? It's a little tight, and it 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 makes the tail rod a little tight. Ah. I just need to go in there and open that up just a hair, and then yeah, I, I shoe probably shoe good that in. Yeah, yeah. thank you. <laughs> no. And I need to go through and just double check over the tail. You know, it's probably about time to grease up some tail thrust bearings. Yeah, probably. Yep. Man, pass that. Oh, then just figure out whatever that vertical play is in the main shaft. It's not bad, but it is a little more. It's it's almost starting to bug me enough to actually do something. Now, about Justin, it. correct me if I'm wrong, but isn't there? Can't you can take that out? There's a set screw, isn't there? In something that allows you to take the Vertical play out. You, you know what I'm saying? T- well, I-, I don't know on the 500. On the 700 and the 770, it's just a function of making sure that when you tighten down the Jesus bolts on the on the little, um, what's it called? There's a locking collar at the base. Right. And then a Jesus bolt through the main gear. And you just have to make sure that when you do that, you pull in opposite direction so that everything goes together tight. I've never had any vertical play issues in my goblins. Yeah, I don't know. One of these days when it, if I get out there early enough in the morning, I can turn my heater on in the trailer and then maybe by the afternoon, it'll be warm enough to go out there and wrench <laughs> a little bit. Ay, ay, ay. Because if I can't wrench in my drawers, I don't want to wrench. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't even know how to respond to that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was, yeah. I was just going to let it go. Uh, that's what I thought. <laughs> yeah, so how's the whole trailer thing working out over the uh, inside hobby shop? I dig it. I still dig it. I wouldn't change anything. 
I mean, the only the difference is, yes, you do have to be a little. You have to think a little bit ahead, but you know, I, out of the field, I use the propane heater. Yeah, that Mr. Buddy one. Mm-hmm. Uh, but at home, uh, I just I have a fairly decent size electric heater that I put in the back corner, and man, on full blast, uh, with it being so you know just six by ten, doesn't take. I'm gonna say. Ten minutes. Yeah. Yeah. About ten minutes. And it's tolerable. Fifteen and you're turning the heater off. Because it just, I mean, nice. it gets really yeah. hot in there. Huh. I, I love it. I used uh, a Mr. Buddy heater in my big trailer. Uh, I've got, I think, I think I might even have the same one or maybe, does yours have two panels in it, Nick, or one? Yeah, two. Yeah, I've got the same size, and it takes about thirty minutes for that thing to heat it up. Oh, uh, that! If I fire that up on high, oh, gee, that's like minutes. I don't like. To, I mean, I don't like minutes. to use it on high because it sweats. Well, if I use mine on high, so do I. <laughs> <laughs> I what I what I would do? What I used to do? Uh, but I've been working on helis in the shop. But when I used the trailer the winter, I would go out turn that propane on just to get the chill off. And then I have a, uh, one of those Eden pure heaters. I don't know if you guys are familiar. Fantastic electric heater works great. Hmm. Typically like last winter, I would actually keep that a little electric heater on, uh, low just to keep it above freezing in there. Yeah. But, uh, I've been doing a lot of wrenching in the trailer. I'm thinking about downsizing actually. A little bit smaller. Yeah. What? Why for? Well, because I don't use my trailer as much as I used to because I'm flying where I'm working for the most part. Uh, so I can, and you're not flying as much. Well, just just a, as of the last month and a half, but but you know, in the summer I was flying a lot at work, but I was I just. I think a smaller trailer where I just have room to hang a couple of helis, maybe a small workbench and enough room to, to put my scooter and um, a generator. Don't need a lot of room. Less temptation for clutter. For, yeah, oh. for a mess. Come on, who you kid? It's going to be a mess? It's going to be cluttered? Doesn't matter how big it is. There'll just be less <laughs> of it. What you I don't know what I'm capable of. <laughs> you ain't seen nothing yet. No, I, I need to get, and like Justin said, I'm not going to sell any of that stuff, but I'm actually going to put a lot of that old heli stuff in storage. There you go. Yeah. Gotta get, I got, dude, I've got, I've got bins of parts for helicopters I don't even own anymore. Yeah. If you only put the See, stuff in your trailer that sad. you actually used, you could just like, I wouldn't have anything carry around a bow case. Yeah. I could. Well, it would be clean. Like, there would be space on the benches to work on stuff. What? I've seen pictures of your workshop, Just. <laughs> yeah. Hey, actually, you know, despite what you may think, my workshop right now is really clean because I'm wrenching on stuff regularly. Uh-huh. Yep. <laughs> so, anyway. I, yeah. <laughs> that all you got, Nick? That's a... Yep. Boy, that's 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 bad. That's a, so hopefully somebody can bring this up. I mean, this is a this is a podcast about helicopters, after all. About, 
It used to be, yeah. <laughs> so who wants to go next? Who's got some uh, good news for us? Who did something this week? I got flying in. You did. There we go. I did. I got seven flights. Really? Yep. I've been bringing the Chase 360 to work <laughs> for lunch flying, dude. <laughs> I don't know, man. I'm conflicted. I don't know. Does that count? Actually, hold on. Hold on. Jesse's rule. I got 14 oh, flights. No, we don't. Jesse's because rule. Jesse's we're done with the, the we're little ones by two, the... right, Jesse? Am That's... I right? Uh, not this week. That was that oh, was like a okay, okay. It's like a sale, you know, like a that special coupon expired. Yeah, exactly. All right. Well, I'll still take the seven. Jesse's rules only apply to Jesse. Exactly. You can't co-opt but, his rules. Uh, you know the 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 heli right now is serving its purpose. This is exactly what I was looking for with something that I could literally just leave in the car. I don't even pull it out of the car. All I do is grab the batteries, bring them inside, get them charged, and then dump them back in the car the next morning. And I haven't been able to get, you know, all of my batteries flown each day, which is why I've only got seven flights this week. Uh, but it's been going pretty darn well. I uh, I have gotten it tuned up a little bit better. You know, still working on a couple of challenges on the airframe. I mean, as great of a design as it is, it does have a few challenges. The The resonance that I talked about last time, it's a resonance at about 26 to 2700 RPM. What I've basically done, I mean, I've tried everything, can't get rid of it. My suspicion is that it's because you got a super stiff carbon fiber tail boom there, and then it seems to vary as a function of the belt tightness on the, the tail belt itself. Uh, and, you know, so... I don't know. Maybe it's a design feature. I talked to a couple of people who said that they actually had the exact same thing. And it's it's where as you're spooling up, when you go through that 2600 RPM, it for like a split second goes into an ultra violent shake in the tail and then it completely goes away. Once you get it up above 2700, it flies awesome, flies stable. Did no you say vibrations. a design feature? Well, I, I'm I'm using feature in air quotes, but yeah, dude. Feature is supposed to be a positive. But, yeah. but okay, so Wouldn't get that be this. a design flaw? Get, yes. get this, though. What's interesting is that some of the people I've talked to have said, hey, when I first built mine, I had something similar happen. And then I swapped out parts or I crashed it and rebuilt it and it never came back. So... You know, again, hmm. I, I'm speculating here, but my guess is that it's just something that's it, it's a very sensitive parameter in the in the build, probably belt tightness or something like that that causes it to do this. The woman. It's I don't know what it is, <laughs> but other than that, very it's sensitive. really freaking cool. Yeah, the smallest little and thing. Under certain situations, <laughs> it just freaks out. <laughs> <laughs> all women except my wife there you go <laughs> oh yeah he had to get that one in now <laughs> once he saw what path he was going down yeah so i i picked up uh an extra set of blades i got a set of the 
RJX energy blades, which a lot of people were saying were pretty decent. Those are 360s. And then I got a couple of different pairs of tail blades just to try out the difference between the plastic and the carbon fiber. So I got some of the Fusuno uh, extra stiff plastic blades. I got a pair of RJX 68 millimeter carbon fiber tails. And I'm just going to play around with it and, you know, see how it goes. I, I I really, really like that I can buy tail blades for like $2.99 and that the main <laughs> blades are like between 25 and 30 bucks. That is for the nice. win. So you're digging it. You like it. So far, so good. You know, what, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll see, see if it lasts. It's still, your- I'm, I'm still wrenching on stuff and trying to improve stuff, but it's getting the job done. What's your setup that you're running, like battery size, flight time, head speed? Right now, I'm running a 1,400 milliamp hour 6S pack. Mm-hmm. I am running the KDE 450XF motor, which is like a 1750KV. Okay. I'm running the stock Hobbywing 50 amp, which is an impressive little ESC. And then the stock... Uh, what are they called? KST servos. They're the, they're the KDS combo servos on the cyclic little micros. And then the guy I bought it from had put a JR DS 3500 mini on the tail. And so that's, that's where I'm at right now. It seems to work perfectly fine. Head speed right around, I think 3000, 3100 somewhere in that range okay. which is pretty mild i think for the yeah. 360s that's I, where I, I run mine at 3100 okay all right there you go well i mean i talked to kenny and he's like dude oh, i've geez, flown mine like, up at 4000 yeah i'm like jeez yeah. dude four grand. <laughs> yeah and at 3000 uh, my my flight time is right about five five and a half ish minutes Something okay. in that range, I think. Nice. Which seems to be pretty darn good. What are you getting on the warp, Jesse, at 3,000? I get like four and a half, four fifteen. Okay, yeah, but you fly at a 3, lot harder than I do. So that, that probably contributes to it. Yep. Yeah, if it gets past the, let's call it the uh, the probation period or the, the trial period, and I I actually believe it's something that i want to keep in my fleet then i will swap out some of the components Mm -hmm. but for now it's doing it and it's letting me fly i mean you know we talked about the the soccer field across from where i work the soccer guys are gone it's not muddy because the mud has frozen and so (laughs) that's that's kind of a benefit i don't have to stand in mud and i don't have to worry about it going into the mud if i drive it in but you could be flying a 700 over there as well right i could be yeah you're absolutely correct i could be but the benefit with this is that it sits in my car with no problem right under the seat in the back seat it doesn't take up a bunch of space and i got four packs for it 
it's, you know? it's that whole uh, not having to load the car to go to the field thing. Yeah, it, it really it's is. And, and so it's all I there. do is, you know, the transmitter's in my front seat. It stays there. Heli's in the back seat. The packs come inside with me every night and get charged. And and the really cool thing is that I, I don't know if you guys know how the tray works, but it has these two little metal like clips on the side. They're spring loaded clips on the side of the frames. And you just slide the battery in up front and press down and it pops into those clips and it locks in. And so you don't even have to take the canopy off to load and unload packs. You just pop the battery in, snap, hmm. put it down, fly, that's, that's land, cool. pick it back hmm. up, hold on to the two clips. The battery literally falls right out of the belly of the helicopter. That's into my what hand. we saw in that video. Remember when it first came out and we were joking about that in the video because it the, he landed and the battery went thunk, fell on the ground? Yeah. Yeah, I think that okay. was the case. And I think maybe that was a prototype version yeah, of yeah, the battery sure. clip. That's pretty cool, though. Dude, so, it's awesome. Huh. Canopy never comes off unless I'm working on it. Ooh, It's a permanent fixture. I have a, feeling, appealing. Uh, I have a feeling, Justin, you're going to turn me into a liar on this one. I, I, the you way think so? The way you're talking about it, I, I, well, I had I think you're starting to build a listeners. I think you're starting to build a bromance. Yeah, they they got in contact with me and they were like, they they either said that they had recently picked up one and they weren't sure about it. There was one guy that like he's been sitting on it. He has not built it because he was afraid. Well, what if all the stuff on the forums come true and I get a a dud? And then um, our friend Chris Sexton, he's building one right now, and he and I have been talking back and forth. Uh, you know, I I don't know. I, I think it's a pretty cool little heli. It's They've got the right idea with the design. And the question is, with some of these new GT2 drive system upgrades and whatnot, can they iron out all the little issues that are popping up? And if they can, then... And it and it's a consistent flyer. Then I think they've got a winner. I really do. And I, like I said last week, I don't have a problem with doing some modeling, as we call it. Right? We've used that term, a right. modeler's heli. Right. Yep. All my helis are modeler's helis, even if they don't need to be modeler's helis, because I like to cut shit and <laughs> you know, and, so and customize it. Let's let's rewind. Uh, what year ago? And you were the one making fun of me because I had to mess and like do little nickisms mm-hmm. on all of my helis. But now I just slap my shit together and fly it, and you're the one who's <laughs> modifying everyone. Well, you know why? Because there's never there's never one that I ha- have owned or do own where I don't look at it and at least find a couple of things. And I'm like, you know, I like this design, but I think it could be improved. And so I just improve it. I mean, look, look at my Goblin Speed. I mean, it's got stuff all over the place that's justinized. Yeah. Oh, I think it's great because, I mean, I absolutely love doing it. I still think that's that's the kind of like the modeler that you know is in us even no matter how much we Mm -hmm. say we don't want it to be it's still there people say to me dude how could you do that i mean that's like a really expensive product 
it's not sacred to me like that. You know what I mean? Oh, if yeah, I screw no. up, it's not gonna it's not gonna jeopardize the ability of the helicopter to perform. Yeah, maybe it's an eyesore because you cut the wrong hole in the wrong spot or whatever, but I get over that. It's not it's not the end of the world. Hmm. What do you think, Dan? I don't know, you, man. You think uh in in making you a liar? You will also pick up one of these helis. You know, I, mm-hmm. I can't commit to a small heli. Can't do it. Maybe. Well, I got to say, if you're like me, then I bet you haven't flown a small heli in a really long time. No. Is that well, right? Well, you know, I, I don't know. Do you call the Goblin 500 a small heli? No. No, I do. I don't. See, I'm, I don't think I don't think that Dan would like one. He, he may not. All I'm trying to say is I I have owned other small helis before. One of my favorites being the T-Rex 450 Pro when I didn't crash it. And this thing flies way different. I mean, way more stable. It feels like a 500. Okay, I, and, well, and I, uh, let's think about this, though. I mean, we, uh, we like the small helis. Uh, I, mean, I say we... You know, some of us we like the small helis because mm-hmm. of the portability, right? the The lack of crash cost. Uh, you know, batteries are cheaper. Keeping the car okay, right? Everything that we've gone over. But at the end of the day, we don't want them to fly like a small heli. In a perfect world, we would have the small heli that flies as close to a 700 as possible, right? right? Yep. I mean, it, as far as a pipe dream goes. Well, the reason I say no for Dan is because, you know, he's owned a Goblin 500. He knows what that flies like. There is no heli that is going to be smaller that is going to fly similar to that. <laughs> That's a very good point. Yep. So, I, I mean, you can that. make it feature-ridden. You can make it look badass. You can make it uber-portable. But it's not going to, and, and I am going to use your air quotes for the word better. It's not going to fly better than the Goblin 500 if your goal is to make it fly like a 700. Oh, I get that. Yeah, and that's a good point. So I that's why I don't that. think Dan would fly it. Now, as the you know, as we've gone up in the years and everything, these four fifties have gotten significantly better, and they are getting closer and closer. I mean, they're flying better and better. Stability's going up, power's going up, efficiency. But in the end, we're still just making them fly like five hundreds. Mm-hmm. You know, I think you can go up one. Make it fly like one bigger class, but I don't think you're going to make any leap. And I uh, dare say that if there was a 500, and when, I, when I'm when i using the term 500, I don't mean 500 millimeters. I mean like the old 500s, like the T-Rex with the 400, 430-ish, right? Mm-hmm. If there was a 400-ish millimeter class heli that had the same features as this chase 360 especially with the battery tray and the really open easy to wire layout i i think it would be difficult for me to not spend money on it oh really so you would uh upgrade to that size 
I'd at least give it a try. I mean, dude, Nick, it sounds so stupid, but the canopy doesn't come off, dude. You know what? <laughs> I could send it to Dan right now and he could shoo goo the thing on permanently and it would not affect me one bit. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Nick and there's something there is something incredibly liberating about putting a bunch of spare parts in your shopping cart when you buy a couple of sets of blades, tails, and mains. And when I add up the subtotal on spare parts, it's like $16.25. And I got like links, tail control rods, tail boom, belts. I mean... <laughs> Under 20 bucks for, like, a handful of spares? Holy crap, man. Hey, Justin. I get that every time I buy parts for the E700, dude. (laughs) Okay, yeah, that's fair. You've just been living in Yerman world. Well, here's the deal. Yeah, yeah, I just spent $30 on opinions, so. I think think I'm not going to deny the fact that uh, Nick's point to me wanting it to fly like a bigger helicopter, but there are other reasons I don't like small helis. I, I despise working on small helis. This uh, will change that. Well, so you say, but I've heard that before. Because the fasteners got bigger? <laughs> all, all of the fasteners are 2 2.5. or 2.5, I think. There may be, uh, there may be like a half dozen or a dozen like the 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 balls the link balls i think are 1.5 drivers but all the rest use balls. the 2 and the yeah, 2.5 oh yeah some little balls i don't know i i, I guess it's unfortunate that maybe uh there wasn't a well you're not you're not bringing it you're not having it are you taking it to ohp i don't know what i'm taking if anything well, dude maybe i'll get a chance to fly one at ohp we'll see Yep, who knows? We'll see. I mean, I'm not... I tell you about that idea every year, right? But I always end up getting it and then, like, liking it for a month and then just, like, eh. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of people do. Do you think Justin's going to do that? Yes. Now, here's here's one reason why I don't necessarily think he's going to do that. Um, but part of it is not, there's really no, I can't really quantify it because, you know, he's never spoken so highly of any of the other small helis. I've only ever heard him say this is shit, you know, when referring to a small heli. Okay. But when was the last one he owned? Yeah. <laughs> well, that, and that's just it. I mean, I just hear stories of smaller helis that he's, that he's owned that he just doesn't like. The last one I owned was a T-Rex 450 Pro, and it was decked out with, like, DS95s in it, and at the time, the the top-of-the-line Scorpion motor, and it had a Beast X. Uh, it, It flew awesome when it flew, but when it crashed, it was horrible to work on. I mean, you guys have... I, I know one of you out of the four of us other than me has owned a 450 pro oh yeah you know mm-hmm. the the head grips 
were almost a write-off in every crash. You crash it hard enough and you can even bend like the the main rotor head, like the 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 head block. And then if you stripped a servo, forget it, man. It it was just it was incredibly painful. So the way that heli worked for me was I'd fly the crap out of it and if I crashed it, it would probably sit in the corner for like two or three or four weeks. Because I just didn't want to deal with it. <laughs> and and from what I've heard, the warp has a similar effect on people. Right? Well, you yeah, won't bend for, the head block. Well, that's good. Yeah, I mean, it's built robust. <laughs> but when you, do, when you do have to rebuild it, it can be painful. Uh, for me, it was only with the servo gears. Like, if you didn't strip servo gears, dude, it was so easy to fix. Then it was, I still don't even get that one. Then it was a rekit. We'll leave that. What do you mean you don't get that one? You just pull like the six screws out and the whole assembly pops right up and there's your servos. Well, Because the, they're in between the bearing blocks, those upper bearing blocks, and you just pull that whole assembly, slide it right up. Yeah, but you still got to do both belts to do that, right? Well, you, no, you just take the bolts out of it so you can pull the main shaft out. Pull the pull the bolts out of each of the pulleys, slide the main shaft out, and then take the. I think it's eight screws. And then the that whole assembly that the servos are mounted to just it slides just right went up, up and out. Two each time you said it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just messing with you. So no, it's not. It's not. It's not like it's oh my gosh, horrible. Like, but it's they're uh, not just sitting right there like yeah, two screws and they're out. Yeah. yeah. I I like it to where what do, what do I need to do to change servo gears? Take the horn off. And then, and then get you know, yeah. I, I love like seven hundreds where you just pop them off to the side. Well, and the mm-hmm. cool thing about this one is it's really modular. It's kind of built off of the same concept as like the the Goblin. So you know you you build you build like the one piece servo mount slash bearing block. You build all the servos onto that. And then you run the main shaft through that with the head on it, the swash plate, all the links connected, everything centered. And then you attach the main gear and the tail drive pulley. And that whole thing that I just said is a single assembly. And then all you do is is bolt the two frame sides on and it's done. Hmm. The motor mount, same exact way. So it's it's pretty pretty slick design. Well, but again, let's let's see let's see how it <laughs> you know if it stands the test of time. <laughs> I personally place helis like that in the same class as like the one thirties. Mm, no, I mean we'll we'll see like when the one eighty comes out and how but i mean i gotta tell you you know the warp even the way mine was and now after seeing jesse's going up to the to the mini tail servo dude they fly awesome you can just hammer on that thing and it doesn't you know it doesn't fight back it doesn't really have negative i don't know jesse do you think that your warp has any negative tendencies no, not now, not with the mini tail servo. I mean, like you said, just 
beat it up. It'll just go along for the ride. <laughs> yeah. So whereas I've yet to see a micro that, you know, you couldn't get all sorts of pissed off. Or like with a micro, there's, you know, that, oh, you can't do this move because you'll lose the tail sort of thing. Or you, yeah, there's yeah, just yeah. that one, that you know, that one thing where I feel like you kind of get past that with this class of headlight. Logic and reason will get you nowhere with me. Yeah. yeah. I just don't like the small heli. That's all. Fair. You know? But I just can't win them all. Is. Can't win them all, and uh, you know who who knows? Maybe that maybe I'll, one of these days I'll get a chance to fly one, and I'll think differently of it. But uh, I just don't like working on small hills. <laughs> Until then, till then, I don't like it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. So anyway, you're boring me with all this little heli talk, Justin. Yeah, that's all I got. Dude. We're gonna we're gonna move on to Jesse. Move on to Jesse. Now that I've owned two full sets of BK high-voltage coilless servos, I can honestly say that these are the best full-size cyclic servos I have owned to date. These things are crazy fast, with a speed of 0.049 seconds per 60 degrees, and plenty strong, with a torque rating of 295 inch ounces. Oh, and to top all this off, they're only 99 bucks a piece. So whether you're looking to replace an old set of worn out servos or outfitting that brand new heli, be sure to head over to bkservo.com. Yes. Got any flying in this week, Jesse? I did get some flying oh, in. Did, didn't see the Facebook post last weekend? Did you, not, did you? not only did I get flying in, burnt some nitro. Did you really? I did. Not... Not quite, not probably not as much as I would have liked. I only got in five flights um, on the N7, and this was last Saturday. Um, it's still a little bit, a little bit chilly out at the field. Um, probably like mid 30s. This was before this whole cold streak started, yeah. like a couple days before. So it was about mid 30s and blowing 15. Um, and fi- five flights just was about the threshold <laughs> with the wind. I didn't bring a heater out there or anything. Just had uh, my little hand warmers in my pockets um i'm kind of just getting my hands warm in between flights but that that was about five flights at that temperature and that wind was about all i could take so fairly um I don't know, uneventful flights i guess you would say wasn't really working on anything new kind of just trying to get back into the swing of things um which this weather now is <laughs> really going to help that streak you know getting back into the mm. swing of things so <laughs> <laughs> Who knows how long it'll be now till we freaking fly. Three weeks. With the cold. Yeah, no no joke. So five flights in last weekend. And then like I mentioned uh, last week on the show, got all the parts ordered for the 7HV. And those came in yesterday. Um, so this afternoon, I did a lot of wrenching. Um, completely rebuilt the 7HV. Um, and like I'd mentioned, went through and did a ton of kind of, of winter maintenance and just changing out those little odds and ends that you wouldn't normally swap out just from a normal crash. I mean, relinked the whole heli, um, replaced most of the the balls on the heli as well um, since that was the cause of the crash. So I went through and completely did, redid all of that. Um, started over, went back through all the programming, you know, started making sure all the servo horns are at 90 swash plate level, working my way all the way up to the head. And then 
I decided to go ahead and try a set of zeal blades um, this time. Oh, really? Yeah, they're they're roughly. I think the so the compass blades are. Oh shoot! I think they're like one of one ten something like that, and the zeal blades I think are about ninety five bucks. So a little bit cheaper. Really? Had, that's I like a, that's the typical price. I believe so. Do the compass blades well, go that's up. That's not like a, a me, sale. Uh, now you're gonna make me double check. He's got he's got to look it up on the spot. Got to verify. Stop. No, Zeal Blade 700 millimeters from ProStar 94.99, red or green. Whoa. Wow. Yep. And so, really good price. Uh, the compass blades are out of stock, so I'm like, you know what? What the heck? Let's uh, let's give them a try. I hadn't really heard much on them. Um, and I know we'd mentioned them quite a few shows back, but uh, you know, I'll go ahead and I'll give them a shot. So those showed up. Um, first impressions is that they come in a really, really nice um, hard box that has like a Lexan or plexiglass lid that you kind of slide all the way off. Um, you know, blades are each individually wrapped. Um, for, for, I guess right off the bat, they look kind of like an SAB blade with just a little bit of an angled tip, a little bit wider cord, um, really thick root, and so... I guess we'll see. I'm I'm completely open. I'm you know gonna give them a fair shot. Retune the heli. I, I would imagine kind of anytime you you know swap the blades out, you're probably planning on changing some gains around here and there. Just to I guess just to make sure that it's the blades flying like that and not just the tune. Mm-hmm. So we'll see. Um, I'm not. I guess I'm not a hundred percent sure when I'll be getting out to the field. Like we mentioned, the weather is mm. no good here. Um, Looks like maybe mid next week we'll come up above freezing just a little bit, but this weekend's looking like high teens and windy and depressing, clear and clear and sunny, but windy and <laughs> and under twenty degrees is just it's just kind of that you check the weather, you see it's less than twenty, it's blowing over ten, you're like this is not even an option. So time to sim, yeah. Time well, <laughs> I, I would love to say I did a little bit of that last week, but unfortunately, yeah, it's time to start simming again. No simming, it is time to start simming though. Yeah, yeah, just to uh, maintain those skills over the winter, right? Yeah, you got to get uh, you got to get the uh, edges off your game, man. In three weeks, you're going to be flying in Florida. That's that is a good point. That's some good motivation. To, <laughs> Are uh, you bringing a heli, Jesse? Yeah, you can fly somebody. Somebody, yeah. Well, Someone, you know, something will fly. <laughs> no, as, as as of right now, I'm not, I don't think. Um, you can fly mine, Jesse. I'm bringing a heli. I'd considered, you know, that the warp, the carry-on thing, but, yeah, we'll see. I mean, cons- I also considered shipping something over, but. Oh, dude, that's true. We could carry on our 450s. We could carry yeah. on our 450s, yeah. I remember that, uh, oh, what was it, the. Curtis had uh, a case for the Rave 450. I had one when I owned a Rave 450. That was the sickest case I've ever seen. The heli sat straight up. It was a top loader case. And I got my radio, a little charger, um, like three or four batteries, and the heli. All in that one case. Nice. 
Yeah, it oh, flipped open yeah, from the top. Yeah, 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 yeah. It was I black. This. It was I, yeah, so freaking cool, dude. I love that case. I don't think I don't know if it would qu- be quite big enough uh, for the newer ones, but uh, that concept. I think was, it would because that case could hold two Rave four fifties. Yeah, I don't. You know, I don't know. So Who I know you could fit one <laughs> diagonally. You know. I haven't looked for 450 cases. There might be one out there right now that's just like, oh. Yeah, that's a better well, fit. Yeah, that's better. Mm, that's mm. enough. Well, because the, the appealing thing about that is, like you said, it's all in one. You're just, you're not carrying an individual helicopter. You have mm-hmm. your batteries, a small charger, everything with one handle. You grab it and you go. Yeah. And it. Yeah, that's a good idea. It, it It wouldn't cost much to send a 450 either, would it? No, but I mean, if you can no, carry it on, not. it's not going to cost anything. Yeah, but uh, then you wouldn't be able to bring any clothes. <laughs> eh. No, yeah. I can I can bring a backpack and put that with my clothes and everything up in the you know the overhead compartment, and yep. then just stick the four fifty under the seat. There no, it's not going to fit. I can't you, even get my yes, feet it will, dude. The seat. <laughs> yes, it will. What one of our friends? My iPad don't fit Joseph. Joseph, oh, I thought you meant on, in the case. I was like, no, what? no, 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 not in the case. But he first brought his class, yo. He brought his T Rex four fifty and just stuck it with the blades folded back in the little blade holder, just right under the seat. Good yeah, to go. I did see that yeah. hanging right off the back of the seat pouch. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well. You got to get something down there, man, so you can get to fly. And if you don't, you can fly mine. I'm sending one down. Fly yours. <laughs> I'm sending one down. So. Are you taking I... something, Nick? No. No. I, I don't see the... Dude, the I, time. No. Yeah. The only reason I'm sending one down is because I'm going to be there for six days. So. Yeah. You're going to be there a little longer. Yeah, yeah, good point. If I wasn't, if I was just a weekend thing, I probably wouldn't bring one either. It's just too much of a hassle. So, Jesse, does that wrap up your week, man? That's it. Five flights brings me up to five thirteen. We'll see. Right. Doesn't it? Doesn't the uh, the prediction for six hundred? It's this this weather definitely has to break if I'm going to get over six hundred. So, <laughs> yeah. can't it cannot stay like this? I'll tell you that much. Yeah. How about news? We got anything for news? I think we have one news item. Nice. A news. How. How sad. (laughs) Well, this is a pretty good news item, so go ahead, Dan. Take us in. I keep trying to run away from the micro-heli world, but with the release of the Blade 180 CFX, even I don't think I can deny the impact this helicopter has had on the hobby so far. Package that with Blade Helicopter's worldwide support and local hobby shop availability... And now we're staring at an industry-leading micro-helicopter that you can fly in your backyard. Man, you gotta count me in. Blade Helicopters, number one by design. Visit them on the web at www.bladehelis.com. Alrighty, guys, this week's news item is brought to you by HeliDaily.com, your daily RC helicopter news magazine. What's uh, what's the story? <laughs> what's your one story, Nick? <laughs> Go ahead. Actually, Justin's gonna this take is, this. This one. is Justin's Ooh, one Justin's. story. All right. What do you got? 
but but I think it's going to generate some decent conversation. Okay. Did you guys see the the release of the DJI Inspire One? I did. Yes. This is an incredibly impressive, innovative, forward-thinking multi-rotor platform that they have come up with here. Yep. Uh, I mean, it is. It's unlike anything I've ever seen in in multi-rotors. It is a. You know, I don't even know how to explain it. If you don't, if you if you're not looking at a picture of it or have already seen it, it's difficult to explain. But it has a central. I'd call it like a central pod, almost a vertically oriented pod where all the electronics sit, the battery, the camera gimbal, and then it has these two carbon fiber tube arms. And those arms have uh, like control rod drivers on them. And the way this thing works is it lands down on the ground with the arms retracted down so that it is perched on the four little feet under each, you know, each motor, one under each motor. Mm -hmm. And then when it takes off, that whole system retracts up. So now the central pod, the body of the multi-rotor of the quad is at a level below the plane of the props and the camera is even lower than that so that you don't have any view of the the feet that it would lay down on when it's on the ground. It's fully enclosed. Uh, it has its own integrated battery in it, which is really cool. So you you when you buy it, you get a it's like a, a lipo that is contained within a little clip-on system it's got like a charge indicator check on it you basically just plug it into the back of this thing and you're ready to go let's see what else does it have it's got a new camera and gimbal system it's got a 4k video camera 24 to 30 fps or 1080p at 24 to 60 12 megapixel photo uh, all sorts of photographic info that I know nothing about, but maybe Jesse and Nick, you guys can say something about nine elements and nine groups, including an aspherical element in the lens. I don't know. Sounds impressive to me. <laughs> <laughs> that works. This one's pretty neat. It says fly indoors and without GPS using, using the vision positioning system. So yeah, DJI has this new thing. <laughs> called optical flow technology and it uses a specially designed camera as well as what amounts to sonar sonic waves sound waves uh to allow you to fly indoor and it uses this to hold its position stop when the controls are released and respond to your commands even when the gps is unavailable it's this little tiny sensor pod that looks like it sits underneath the multi-rotor it has uh, an app. Say it says a fully featured app. It allows you to look at the uh, the camera view in real time. It gives you information about the power management system, the battery, uh, consumption, all of that sort of stuff. Huh. 
It's lighted. Yeah. It comes with its own controller or controllers, depending on how you want to do it. Because you can get a second controller that allows you to fully control the three-axis gimbal. And this is the last cool thing, I think. Easy, safe flight. One button takeoff, one button landing. With return home. And it Mm. comes completely ready to fly. Now then, does anyone want to guess the (laughs) price of the completely ready to fly Inspire One. Oh, jeez. Four grand. Ah, nope. Actually, it, it's a uh, it's a it's a steal if you're thinking four grand, Dan. <laughs> I just figured DJI would. That would, that would so, be if you want to buy this thing fully ready to fly, but with one remote controller, it's twenty eight ninety nine. And if you want to buy it fully ready to fly with two controllers, then it's thirty three ninety nine. So, is there any information there on the gimbal as far as the yaw? Is it a follow me yaw, or is it a uh, is it a um, full three sixty? Let's see here. What's the degrees uh, on the yaw? On the gimbal, it says a three axis three sixty degree rotating gimbal. Nice. Very nice. It's brushless. It's it's impressive, guys. I, I I would have no need for it other than to look at it because it looks really cool. <laughs> it looks like something out of out of like Star Wars or one of the space yep. movies. It's pretty damn impressive. You'd be sitting there holding it, retracting the legs on the bench, like, oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> that is so cool. No, that's that's thinking out of the box. I got to give it to him. I mean, that's that's impressive engineering. It really is. Yeah, that's pretty damn. What cool. do you think, Nick? Uh, I I'm more so. I mean, not only a does the just the airframe look really cool. I think they they nailed it from a visually appealing factor, but that visual technology. You know, basically that that proximity type technology, mm-hmm. I love. I think that's really mm-hmm. neat and really really powerful because that kind of opens a whole realm of tracking capabilities. Mm-hmm. Which, um, I mean, it's one thing to fly a GPS coordinate, but if if it could visually track something and follow it. Uh, from an aerial cinematography side, that could be, oh, I mean, beyond mm-hmm. powerful. Keeping what you're filming in the frame, like dead center, and it doing it all on its own. So yep. that could be pretty cool. Yeah. yeah, and it comes with integrated flight telemetry on altitude, speed, distance, all of that sort of a thing, ready to run out of the box. And here's another thing. Now, I, I'm clearly not up on the whole multi-rotor controllers nowadays, so Dan, maybe you can comment on this. It has something called dynamic home point. And it says when the GPS signal is available on the remote, the home point automatically refreshes. This becomes useful while traveling in a car or on a boat, allowing the return to home point to move where the operator goes. Yeah, 
I mean, is that typical? Is that something that you can get with other controllers that are already available? It's only typical if you have, well, I don't want to say only, but to my knowledge, it's typical with uh, GPS dongles at your base station only. Yeah. Um, Okay. So that sounds like this is a pretty, yeah, it's pretty unique. It's it. There's got to be some kind of GPS dongle involved with some. I I got. I mean, I don't know. I'd have to take a closer look at it. But uh, you know, I mentioned um, when I was talking about the three-axis gimbal, I said follow me. I misspoke. That that would have been follow mode. There's two different things. Follow me is uh, most. I don't want to say most. Uh, a good majority of your higher-end controllers. And a lot of the open source controllers have a follow me mode, which essentially if you have a GPS dongle in your base station or on your uh, iPad or your your note, um, it, you could literally just put the machine in the air, plug in your dongle, and it will follow you at a predetermined distance. Uh, you know, it will come back to that, to wherever you happen to walk with based on mm-hmm. based on that dongle. So, you know, without knowing, without taking a closer look and seeing how they do it, do it, I would I would guess that's how they do it. But they may have developed some other homing thing, I don't know. It's hard to say. The tech, that's a pretty cool feature though. It's a really cool feature. The thing of it is yeah. is this technology is growing so quickly, man. The things that these that that this stuff is able to do, I mean, just in the last year well, and you think about it, I mean, we just talked about the price, which for the average hobbyist, that's a big investment. But if you're going to use this commercially, you know, if you actually want to do something business related with this, a ready to fly system for 3400 bucks, pretty inexpensive. 4K video, 3 axis, 360 degree brushless gimbal. I I mean, my only Can com- you beat that? Well, my only thought would be that's really cool, but how robust is it? What will it hold up to? How long can I fly with it? Especially with manufactured battery. That's what I was going to say. I mean, you're limited you're to limited. factor. You know, I mean, what's its payload? If I wanted to put another 5,000 milliamps on it somewhere, somehow, would I be able to do that? You know what I mean? Because see. from a commercial standpoint, a 15-minute flight isn't going to cut it. You know, yeah, you, it says uh, all up weight is basically 2.9 kilograms with a 4,500 milliamp hour 6S pack. F- max flight time approximately 18 minutes. And it runs off of 35 millimeter motors spinning 13 inch props. You know, the thing of it is, is this, this machine is, is spot on for, uh, weekend photographers and hobbyists that just want to occasionally go up and, and get some aerial shots and some good aerial shots. Mm-hmm. But the thing of it is, is, you know, when it comes to it, being that it is so plug and play and not very customizable, there's a lot of things from a commercial side that you just won't be able to do. Uh, polygon surveying that kind of stuff, you know, how flexible is the software? Can you, you know, can you do that kind of stuff with it? Yeah, that's a good question. And you, we just don't know. And then of course, when you get into the commercial side of things, there's so, 
you know, everybody kind of thinks of, of an aerial platform and they just think camera. Well, guess there's a ton of other things that can be put onto a, onto that platform that have very little to do with optical, uh, you know, cameras and stuff like that. There's lots of other data gathering devices uh, that will go onto these machines. So from a hobby standpoint, I think it's perfect. And I think the price is such... I like the I, it, the price is kind of high, right? But there's a lot to it. But the, that's a good thing in that that's kind of the problem with the Phantom. I mean, everywhere you turn when there's been an issue with the multi-rotor, it's always, have you guys noticed, it's always been a Phantom. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Yep. And, and the reason that is is because you can go down to your hobby store for 900 bucks, you can walk out with a Phantom and a GoPro. And, and you know, Granted, nine hundred bucks is not chump change, but they're going to look at the Phantom, and they're going to look at this one, and they're going to say, "Well, that's that's two grand more." Um, so I'm going to go with the Phantom. It might keep some people away, which is a good thing. Other, you know, mm-hmm. people that aren't serious about it or respect it, respect what the machine can do, and what, right. what could potentially yep. be done with it. You know. Anybody could, anybody can fly a multi-rotor. Anybody can, you know, especially these days with autonomous flight, GPS. But someone that does that and doesn't have respect for it, that doesn't take the time to actually learn how to fly it, should something go wrong, that's the price point that's going to keep some of those those folks out. Kind of like that. Yeah, and it has, I mean... I think even even for those those people who don't have those sort of ill intentions it seems to be it seems to be tuned to people that just need a comprehensive safe reliable system and right. it, it it has this thing called radar positioning have you seen that Mm-mm. it has a so first of all the transmitter allows you to run the app on any mobile device or computer so that you can put your iPhone or your Samsung or your iPad right on the top of the transmitter. It has something called flight radar, which shows you with respect to your current position, which is in the center of the radar, where the multi-rotor is. And you can set a control range boundary which means yeah which basically says once i go outside of the control range boundary it automatically removes pilot control and executes a return to home and land yeah that's those are good features and most the most yeah most every controller has that ability yep that's pretty impressive stuff yeah yeah, and I think that's that's good responsible stuff. You know, I mean, it's those phantoms that are the bane. I tell you, there's just they're so. And you know, a lot of the issues. And I wonder they must have come up with a solution because so you can watch the video in real time. I wonder what the lag is, and I wonder how it's being transmitted because Wi-Fi transmits on two point four bandwidth, right? Mm-hmm. So that's why we were having all these flyaways with the Phantoms because people were trying to use their Wi-Fi GoPro. Yep. And yep. it was interfering with yep. with the uh, 
controls and, you know, it was causing chaos and things were just going haywire. I wonder what they've done, how they've corrected that or come up with a solution to that. Well, what they've done is that the transmitter operates on 2.4 and all of the downlink is 5.8 or 900 megahertz. So it does require a ham license then? That may be the case. It does not state that explicitly, but that may be the case. You know, it's funny. It's it's funny. Uh, it's Well, it's not really funny, but I don't know if you guys have noticed. You know, a year and a half, two years ago, that was the big thing everybody was all concerned about. Got to make sure you get your ham license. You notice how no one's really thinking about the ham license anymore, and they're, they're worried more about the FAA. I mean, it's... It's kind of strange how that progresses, but it's still a reality. If you're operating on those bandwidths, you have to have a ham license. Yep. Anything above yep. 25 milliwatts. So keep that in mind, folks, as you're as you're uh, taking a look at this stuff. Because anything that we do as hobbyists or even on the commercial side of things, anything we do that they can fire a <laughs> shot over the deck about that, they will. So... Got to take this. Yeah, I, I find it interesting uh, for this platform that they're including a camera because, you know, we all know how dominant like the GoPro and those other brands are. And those are just full brands dedicated to designing an awesome camera. Yeah. So to kind of limit you to using their camera, their system, this specific gimbal, because it looks like a very, um, you know, very narrow mounting and it's it's very... It's catered, you know, to this specific gimbal and camera, obviously. I, I wonder if that's going to hurt them a little bit by just not giving people that one little extra bit of freedom like they do on the other multi-rotors. You know, they'll give you the gimbal, give you all this other stuff, but you get to pick your camera, I guess, or you can mount other cameras on there. Where this one, you're really kind of stuck with what you get when you buy it. Does mm-hmm. it does it um, look like it won't mount the Zenmuse, Jesse? Are you looking at a picture? It, it, well, it's definitely a lot narrower. Um, the, the the mounting, I guess, area is a lot smaller. Um, I, you could probably work something in there, but do we know, does this have like a NASA controller on it or is it even compatible with Zenmius? Because those have to be used with right. specific controllers, so maybe they cut that out altogether so you can't even put a GoPro on it. Who, you know, who knows? This obviously is, I don't have all the details, but. I find that I feel like they they may have cut out some of the people, um, you know, with the GoPro Hero Four just coming out. Yeah, and a lot of people um, are really, really into their GoPros. Oh yeah, and they want to use yeah, those yep. GoPros. So that, that's, you, that's you're not going to be able to take any video with this and get it put into an official GoPro video of the week. Yeah, that's true. Which I mean, that sounds kind of funny and childish, but that's a big deal. Yeah. Well, and, and just from the, the video and the frames per second, I know the, the GoPro Hero 4 can do the 4K at 30, but then it can do 1080 at 120. Mm-hmm. Um, so a little bit higher. So that, you know, just they're limiting it back a little bit. And so just by, yeah, by not allowing people to use that, you know, because that's a, that's a whole company just dedicated to cameras where this, they're just, you know, they're giving you the whole package here. So, yeah, that's a good point. It seems weird that they wouldn't allow, allow some type of retrofit to their older, like their Zenmuse. Because, like you said, we don't know what kind of controller it's got. Yeah, we don't. We don't know. It would even work. 
But you, you know, there's then there's also lots of uh, open source options too that basically have the same footprint as the GoPro or the Zenmuse. I mean, uh, as far as mounting. Yeah. So interesting. We'll have to see. Yep. So they got pre-orders going. I saw on HeliDirect, right? They do. Yeah, you can pre-order it right now. One of those two combos with the one or the two transmitter option, and it looks like they're going to be arriving right around the beginning of December. It says December 1st on the website. Well, I'll tell you what. If any of our listeners are looking at getting one or if you pre-ordered one, let us know and definitely keep in touch with us and let us know what you think of it. Maybe even, yeah. maybe even get you on the show and talk about it because I don't know how many they're going to I assume they're going to sell out. I mean, that's that's just typical, I guess. But, you know, how many of those users that are going to be buying them are going to be hobbyists that actually listen to our show? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So yeah. if you're one of those people, by all means, let us know what you think. Well, geez, man, that uh, that did turn out to be a pretty good news topic. Yeah, only one only topic, one but topic. there you go. News of the week of the by week. default. By default. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys, this one uh, news article is brought to you by HeliDaily.com, your daily RC helicopter news magazine. Wacky waving inflatable arm flailing tube man. Wacky waving inflatable arm flailing tube man. Wacky waving inflatable arm flailing tube man. Hi, I'm Justin Pucci, and despite what you may think, I'm not here to talk to you about wacky waving inflatable arm flailing tube man. What I am here to tell you is that the guys over at Rotary Wing RC are stocking up on all forms of heli goodness and passing the savings on to you. Need a fly barless system? Joe and Kyle have Bavarian Demon, Skookum, and Icon. Looking for a heli? What about Gowie or one of those Garbins? Servos? Look no further for BK Servos and MKS. And who could forget the German amazingness that is Contronic? I sure can't because I just bought three of them. So head on over to www.rotarywingrc.com and get yourself loaded up with awesome today. There seems to be a pretty recently new craze with the little mini 250 size uh, FPV quad racing. Oh, yeah. Have you seen that stuff? You know, I have looked into it, and, I, and that's uh, not not extensively, but I got to tell you that, you know, and it was brought to my attention uh, when I made that very bold statement a bunch of episodes ago about uh, anyone who buys a quad and puts a camera on it is doing it for the intent, intent for the purpose of turning it into some type of business or, or at least uh, in some form take pictures. Mm-hmm. I, I did mention, I think that is, FPV racing is, uh, I, I do think that that is the one exception. I, I, I think that's getting big. I think people are really starting to get into that. It's getting really big, dude. Yeah. You know, you got the Sky Hero stuff, their Y6s and that kind of stuff like that. Well, have you guys seen, you had to have all seen by now the YouTube video. I mean, it's huge. It's it's entitled Drone Racing Star Wars Pod or Star Wars style pod racing. Yeah, I did see that. And it's basically, it's a group of of hobbyists in France. And they're really big into the FPV thing. And they've got a bunch of multi-rotors. And and they are doing, they've set up a little racetrack in a local forest. 
And, you know, they got they got like a caution tape set up so that you can see in your FPV goggles the boundaries of the course. And they are racing these things FPV style. And it's really impressive. You know, you can see uh, some of them have the the FPV uh, videos that they recorded on a GoPro or whatever. So you can follow along and see the other multi rotors flying past them or near them. And I think what's really impressive about this is these are these are small multi rotors. This this thing's so big, guys. If you go into like RC groups or Heli Freaks got a new section on it as well. Um, there there is now like a number of of groups or committees that have become they're they're self formed and they're working on like rules and guidelines and classes for this racing. And what's awesome, I think, is that it's it's a cheap way to have fun. You can go out and either buy one of these 250-sized airframes, or you could make it. I mean, with as simple as you're looking for, a DIY would be great. But you can buy them for anywhere from like 10 bucks on Hobby King, all the way up to 250 or 300 for some really crazy complex designs and anywhere in between you stick four 10 or 12 amp escs on there four tiny motors they run five and six inch props you know you use like the uh what's it called dan is it the open cc3d or like the naze open source controllers which are pretty darn cheap right you know 50 100 bucks a piece yeah and you're ready to go and these guys are racing them around and just having a blast. I I got to tell you, it's it's uh, it has piqued my interest. Now, are they using quads? Or are they using like uh, tri tricopters? There are people that use tries with the little servo in the back for the tail, and then they've got quads. I've even seen a couple of people that have hexes. Hmm, that would be fun. It's like a bunch of guys sitting in a lawn chair in a row with like yeah, it really some is some pylons at the field. And dude, these things are built like bricks. I mean, some of them are milled out of a single piece of like eight or ten millimeter thick G10. So you just you can't Jeez. break them. There in this particular video, and I'm sure if you search this one, you can find a bunch of others that are linked to it. I mean, they'll run into trees or crash directly into the ground or a rock or a bush. And then just like in a in a like a RC car race, there are little Mm -hmm. dudes sitting there in the course (laughs) waiting for something to go down so that they can run over and pick it back up. They just Mm -hmm. dump it back upright in the middle of the in the of the course. And the guy takes off and goes racing again. Hmm. I don't know. Is it good for the hobby or no? What do you think? I I don't know. I don't think it really I, I mean I guess like No, I don't think so cuz I think anything can be used can be looked at in a a negative way if you yep. want to. That's the right answer. And that's the thing too and especially if these guys are kind of uh you know and that, hearkening way back to that episode a long long time ago when we first talked about multi-rotors and their impact to see the simple matter the main thing that i was after is just let's somebody people get together and start self-regulating and coming up with safety guidelines and and 
and making sure that there's some type of governing body is the not necessarily the right word, but a group of people who can kind of set the standard. Um, and that's what these guys are doing now, you know, and, and I think that's great. I think it's fantastic. And especially if they're setting up courses, um, you, you know, with the caution tape, uh, out in a remote area where the people that come there are coming there to watch it. And it's, uh, it's an event, you know? Yeah. That, I mean, that would be a hoot. Oh, yeah. And I don't see anything bad about that. That to me is no different then uh, you know how they have those uh, the combat dog fights that the plankers have, yeah, and the pylon yeah, race with like the foamies, and they have yeah. the like streamers coming the off the wi- back. Yeah, they've got like the wing looking ones. Yep, you know, and they all build mm-hmm. like the exact same one, and they've got the streamers, and they go out there and chase each other. I mean, if you really wanted to find something. Oh, absolutely. They could strike each other and the parts could come careening down and stab me in the eye hole. And, you know, oh, my God, we need to regulate <laughs> in it. The eye hole. In the eye hole. <laughs> so it's I not mean, an eyeball there. It's an eye hole. Yeah, well, it is now after I take a prop <laughs> after, in it. Well, that's true. Yeah. You know, but. Have any of you guys I, I, ever been to a pylon race? Have you ever seen a pylon race? No. I have not. I well, okay. I've seen videos. You're talking the pylon racers, like the F5D in yes. in, in airplanes. Yeah, like these di- these guys that are flying these planes at 150 miles an hour. Yep, dude, it's crazy. That man. Is, if you've ever i I went to one in Missoula, and I got to tell you, uh, it's almost like those people that do that should have some sort of pilot's license. Now I'm not talking, you know, full scale, but dude, when you get a guy that's trying to learn how to pylon race, it's dangerous. It is, <laughs> it is dangerous. <laughs> Here it's we like, go. <laughs> it, it, it's like your very first peril flips. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, they take oh, that, geez. they take that cause they typically run, uh, you know, it's, it's left turns, at least the ones I saw. Right. So as they're coming back, to the, from the far left pylon and they're coming back to and they're turning towards the people dude those things are hauling ass i mean they mm-hmm. do they do move at mm. least the one i went to again i don't know if that's how they're all run but they did they do move everybody way back but still those things are traveling at immense rate of speed and and that turn if they mess that turn up or if they lose orientation it's not going to take them long to get that extra 3 or 400 feet that that the spectators are back from the pits, you know. Absolutely. So it's the same thing, and I'm, I'm not saying that's bad. And and you know, these guys like go have fun with it, but do it, you know have have a safety guidelines like they do. They, they yeah, and they, they seem to be pretty smart about it. Yeah, and right. I mean, well, that's to me, that's just that's no different than this. Yet this is oh my gosh, oh this and all that and. Uh, yeah, I mean, these guys are, like you said, Dan, they're self-regulating. They These are not, well, I, I'm going to speculate, but I think it's a pretty reasonable speculation. I doubt that a majority of the guys that are organizing this and, and working on the rules are inexperienced hobbyists. I think they've been there and done that with helis or planks or multi-rotors and they understand what what this you know this new part of the hobby could do 
right if perceived incorrectly and let me tell you and they're shutting that down and they're saying Mm -hmm. i I, you know we're going to do rules we're going to identify classes we got to do it remotely where you know this isn't people doing it in their backyard and and you know what else you know what else it isn't it isn't uh, a group of guys going to a public park and having yes. a contest to see who can jam whose whose machine while it's flying for the winner gets yeah. a case of beer. Uh, now, granted, they didn't. They ended up not doing that. Of course, I'm talking about the DC uh, drone users group back. But you know that was that was a advertised contest, and they brought news media out to see that. I guarantee mm-hmm. you, these guys are not hobbyists. You know, they are not in our hobby. Yeah. You know, these are yeah. these guys are not concerned about their effects. Now and, and what spurred that whole conversation was let's let's get some organization here. You know, let's let's have a voice so when the local authorities do start cracking down, we can say, No, hang on a minute here. We we got this. You know, here here's our standards and this is what we're doing. Uh, you know, I I I think it's great. I think it's great that these guys are organizing this. I think the other thing that's really cool about this is that they have chosen to do it in a size that is affordable. Yeah. Because let's face it, yep. all of these new, cool, high-technology, multi-rotor things, they're getting expensive. I yes. mean, we just talked about the Inspire one. Now, that's for a completely yeah. different reason. I guess you could FPV race an Inspire one if you really wanted to, but but even if you take it down a couple of notches, uh, you know, the Sky Heroes are incredibly popular and they're well-built, great designs. They're larger, right, than a 250. But but to get into one of those with some decent components, you're talking probably realistically several hundred dollars, if not above a thousand or more. Yeah. These little 250s. You could probably build it from stuff that you could get at Home Depot or a local hobby shop. Yes, you can. And then and then just buy the electronics. And we're talking about, you know, like I said, 10, 12 amp ESCs, couple of tiny motors. You don't have to go crazy and buy super reliable, high performance ones. You could probably just give it a try by starting with something that you get at Hobby King. I bet you you could get something in the air for easily under two hundred and fifty bucks. Now the the FPV part aside, yeah, right? That's what I was because say, the a lot of these guys on this video had like the Fat Shark goggle type things, and we've talked about that before. The goggles, I I think they're pretty expensive, right? You're easily two three hundred bucks a pair. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but you could start with like a little seven or ten inch monitor. If you want, mm-hmm. I mean, my FPV setup, I never went with goggles because I wear glasses. And at the time, a few years back, none of the goggles really did all that well for corrective lenses. So I just bought like a 22 inch Radio Shack special LCD TV and it worked great. Yeah, the the, the key to all of this, to no matter, you know, if you're in an area where there isn't an organized group, if you're going to do something like this, you know, just put a little bit of forethought and the park, the local public park is not the place to do it. It's just simple as that. You have to use your noggin a little bit. And, and it mm-hmm. sounds like these guys are, and that's a good thing. But 
for those of you who don't have the organization and you want to try it, because it's like Justin just said, you can get you can get on to many sites and get open source controllers that are very basic in function, but still stabilize the machine and do what you want it to do. Uh, I I think the cheapest I saw one was somewhere in the neighborhood of thirty five bucks. 50 bucks maybe i can't remember yeah, exactly yeah but. i agree with you i think it's yeah between 30 and 60 bucks for the cheaper ones <laughs> and when you think about it it's a 250 it's not carrying a lot of expensive hardware all it needs to do is go fast and fly stably yep and and so that opens up like a completely new portion of the hobby it's kind of like how i feel with the whole speed deal no longer are we doing the you know the somewhat subjective choice of components and setup that you can get in a 3D heli because everyone has different tastes in flight style and and how the heli feels in 3D. Now everyone's got the same goal. It's to go fast. Whether it's going fast in a straight line in two directions like on the speed helis or doing an actual more sort of classical race like the RC cars or boats, it, it it forces you into a situation where now you got to choose your components and your weight and your setup to to maximize that performance. And that's that's pretty appealing to me personally. And another good thing, too, about starting that route, that inexpensive route, is you're not going to have a lot of the fancy bells and whistles. You're actually going to have to learn how to fly a little bit. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, so that's a good thing as well, um, because that's what gets a lot of folks in trouble, especially, you know, we kind of harped on the phantom well that's that's part of the problem right there because that thing has the functionality that allows you to fly autonomously uh so people rely on that and they don't actually take the time to learn how to fly and um, yep that's when problems happen because these things just like helis they they crash they they lose gps signal they you know you will have to fly it at some point mm-hmm <laughs> Well, what and I'm in thinking. fact, some of the rules, Dan, state no GPS. That's perfect. There you go. Full manual. Yeah. I like it. I'm thinking during during the winter like this, you can just, uh, one, one of the huge benefits is uh, you could sit in your car in your trailer. <laughs> Avoid the cold, can you imagine? All right, oh, we're going to the field. there. Both of us sitting in a trailer. Put a little antenna oh, in there with, with, now with the heater we're talking. on. And then you, you set them out the back of the, you know, you set them out the back of the trailer. Get a couple. Close the door, sit in your chair by the heater. Get a couple. Put your goggles on. Nah, All right, let's do dude, it. Dude, you're doing it in a trailer. You, I'm going to win. You got to do it with a couple 32-inch <laughs> monitors. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> Big mounted up on the wall. <laughs> It's on. Let's do it. <laughs> well, I mean, it, it's it. That's a pretty cool idea. I mean, yeah. we're joking, but seriously, that's there's a way to enjoy the hobby in a completely different way. Yep. Yep. Just be smart about it. Definitely be smart about well, it. Well, and a, and another thing, you guys tried on those goggles at Urcha, those, the uh, Zeiss, Zeiss goggles, the three D. Oh, oh Lord, man. I mean this. Now bring that whole aspect into the racing, and could you imagine being able to see the depth and the train and the obstacles and yeah, that would just take. I mean, that would take it to a whole new level, especially the you know the racing scene where you're going fast, you're maneuvering it. Yeah, that would be that would be incredible. 
3D FPV. That'd be funny. I agree. You have a, a little tricopter you made out of a couple pieces of pine and a little slab of quarter inch plywood, and you got an $800 FPV system. Eight hundred dollar yeah. 3D FPV camera on there. Maybe down the road. But. Down the road. Down the road for sure. Interesting. Well, okay. So, so you know, following on with this topic, right? You know, racing FPV quads. What about racing pod and boom helis? Nick and I did a news story, what, three, four weeks back, Nick, when it was just you and me on the show about a French competition. And now the name escapes me. It's a it's a 3D competition and they've got a speed cup and all that sort of thing. Yeah, it was the two events that were like right next to each other. Or yes, something. exactly. Yeah, yeah. And this one, they advertise that they're going to have heli pylon racing. Yeah, I'm okay with that. I I think I think racing FPV with a heli is maybe not a good idea. Oh no, no, this was okay. G- good point. I agree with you. <laughs> I I think this one was not FPV. This was like a standard third person pylon race, just like you're talking about with the airplanes yeah, but when nick and i read that i was like dude that's scary yeah but i don't, don't know if i'd want to be at a heli pylon race. i would would you hell yeah dude are you kidding me that's guaranteed carnage behind a big fence yeah behind a big metal yeah behind a big metal grate <laughs> <laughs> you know or maybe a garbage can lid <laughs> a garbage can lid. <laughs> Those make a spectacular sound when they get struck, by the way. <laughs> Captain America shield, I don't know, but it'd be fun to watch, man. Don't you think? I think it would be fun to watch. I I I mean people that do that would have to have balls of steel oh yeah i mean i mean you know okay in 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 the grand scheme of things at those kinds of speeds and the weight that you're flying around with you're probably going to do pretty decent amount of damage with any aircraft whether it's a heli with you know one and a half meter rotor blades or it's a pylon racer which is basically for those who don't know what a pylon racer looks like it is a long skinny pointy carbon fiber and kevlar aircraft with razor sharp wings and a prop on the front of it spinning like 14,000 rpm yeah they don't they don't necessarily they've got they've got like like 100% and stop you know what i mean yeah that's right they there's no throttle i mean it's it's either off or it's on yeah I don't know, man. I don't, I, you know, I think it'd be fun to watch. <laughs> I don't know. It's got to take skill, though. I, think, I mean, I, I think here, here's another issue, too, that I think would make the helis obviously more dangerous. But uh, in a pilot, you know, with an airplane, the, there's a consistency. In other words, I can get my airplane flying in a direction, set the transmitter down, go grab uh, a drink. <laughs> and come back and it's still going to be flying in the relative same direction uh you know if you have it trimmed out well so imagine a pylon racer coming around i mean yeah he may lose uh his position but you know 
provided he doesn't do something stupid, it, it's basically still flying straight or turning. But a helicopter going around that corner, um, you know, planes want to fly, helis want to crash. There's a big difference between the two. You know. Yeah, it's true. I mean, you'd have to be incredibly coordinated. Absolutely, because you know, I mean, you, I mean, to make that really competitive, let's be let's be honest. Aren't you basically flying a forward upright hurricane for like three hundred laps? Yeah, I guess you would be, wouldn't you? I, I, I mean, at least around the corners. Yeah. You guys saw the the Sky Hero races at Urcha, right? Yeah, those yeah. things. Those things were on knife edge or whatever that the equivalent is for a multi rotor. Like sketchy at best. Yeah. What do you mean? Uh, it, it just I don't know. I I didn't like the concept of that at Urcha personally. Like subjective in its judging, sketchy at um, best. Or? No, I didn't like that. We're gonna go make and this i guess doesn't have anything to do with the machines or the concept i didn't like the idea of from an entertainment factor let's go give a bunch of new people that's this and try and entertain a crowd with new people i want to see people that came to urcha to compete in that event because now you're going to talk about some seriously good flying oh you're talking about the skill level in other in other words get get like that's a really good point. Racers, but okay. Um, the flip side to that is they lost one of those, and I do believe that it crashed into, like, into the truck out in the middle of the field. Mm-hmm. That's yeah, right. I do remember seeing that. You know, so that firework was, truck. Yeah, the, into, into the, the fire truck. into the firework <laughs> a firework trailer. Yeah. So I'm gonna I'm gonna so, I'm gonna play Dallas. not FPV. Just regular, regular plain racing. old, and yeah. there was no course. This was just fly around in a circle. So playing devil devil's advocate on that point, I, I don't, obviously, we have no way of knowing this, and we like to speculate. Um, do you got, Do you think, Nick, that maybe the intent was to possibly get some carnage in there for the enjoyment of the crowd? Oh, well, of course, absolutely. And that's what Who you doesn't <laughs> like to see anything crash. And that that's what you're that's what you're getting on about this kind of the sketchy aspect of it. Yeah, you know, okay. I, I don't. I I think we underestimate just because it's not a helicopter. I would, uh, you know, a big two bladed seven hundred. What damage can it do? Yeah, that's a good. I don't point. know. I, I can mean, there's see that. I never even considered a lot that. Of, but there's a lot of really cool, cool potential with you know the the racing aspect of the of the multi rotor that I personally think is awesome. I I mean, can you imagine lining up? You know, the four of us all sitting in chairs next to each other, <laughs> throwing on our goggles with a you know two hundred dollar quad that that you know as long as you don't drive it straight into a tree is going to cost no more than 20 bucks in props to crash and and yeah. racing side by side that'd be a hoot it would be awesome well and i and again i think i think going beyond the the multi-rotor aspect of it i'm pretty excited to see how racing in general might progress in the heli hobby in, in the future 
because that pylon racing, that's pretty cool, man. I, I'd, I'd be scared shitless the first few laps, but I bet you it would be <laughs> it would be a crazy adrenaline rush. You know, it, it seems to me that if you were going to do that, uh, it would be awesome to watch, but you would definitely have to have, fly, you know, like, uh, I don't know how, the, you know, you know, that, that like, what do they call when you're racing like flights? That's what they call them in golf. Like, like if you're at a different level than you're in this flight, you know, the, you got the A flight, B flight. Because think about it, if you had just kind of a, all right, everybody line up, and you got somebody who's taking it seriously, and they put a lot of money, time into their machine, and they fly amazingly, and they'll probably lap the guy standing next to them, and end up coming up and and having contact with them uh, on the lap. You know what I mean? So it seems that they, I, I like that idea. And like Nick said, I think it would be awesome to go to Urcha and or another big event to see some type of heli racing, but understand and know that the people that are doing it, it's like going to see the, the, the speed guys, you know, it's like these guys put some time into this and you're going to see some amazing flying fast flying with the speed, but with this pylon racing, you're going to see some guys that have really, uh, you know, buckled down and, and, uh, you know, altered their setups and whatever they needed to do. And you're going to see some good, close, fast racing not mixed in with the guy who just wants to try it today. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, because yep. that adds an element of danger, obviously. Uh, it's like, it's the same reason they wouldn't let me go race on a NASCAR <laughs> race tomorrow. You know, they're not going to let, they're not going to let some schmo just get out there with a, a demon and, and just destroy the track. But, well, uh, and, and I mean, like, think at what think of what's at stake you know not not the safety issue obviously that's at stake regardless but doing doing heli pylon racing that the model's got to be a pretty specific you know design and setup with a lot of expensive components and it just seems to me that the the probability of one going in or you know, or yeah. a midair collision, and though at those speeds, it's a rekit. Well, they I mean, could, it's they, over. could they, they could do timed races too. Yeah. That way, you only have yeah. one on the course, one on the like course bracket the racing type. Yeah. Too. Yeah. Uh, okay, that's fair. And I would still enjoy that because think about that: you got a guy all there by himself; he's got no worries about a collision, and he can just flat out let that thing go and just rip it and not have to be concerned about missing other machines in the air. And man, just imagine you could probably see some pretty oh, amazing geez. flying. Oh yeah. You know, and that adds a whole nother element to the whole hobby. I mean, uh, you know, 3d guys, there seems to be, you know, we, they're, they almost, it's like they're a dime a dozen these days. You know, you go to any event and everybody can just smack that machine around. Like it's nobody's business. But it would be kind of fun and, and different to see a new uh, type of competition like that. I agree. Yeah. And that's why you're yep. getting into the speed, man, right? Right? Absolutely, dude. New and exciting. Something it new. is. Yeah. I'm awesome. up for it. Let's do it. Yeah, I don't know. I don't think I'd ever. I just, uh, well, again, I Look, can't. At, this is how we're going to do it. We're going to bust out your Raptor 30. Okay. And okay. your <laughs> JR uh-huh. Vibe, and uh-huh. we're going to race those. 
What I do would think? do that. I would do that. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. The vibe's gonna win. See, and again, I mean, I, 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 I go back to why this two fifty race quad thing is so awesome because you can have the same amount of fun and exhilaration, and you don't feel bad about driving it in. Right, and that's when key. you put a pod and boom in the game. Boy, it changes things. I mean, what? How are you going to do a cheap pod and boom? That's worth anything for racing. Well, yeah, then it's not gonna. Fl- yeah, then it's not gonna. Perform. I mean, it, unless <laughs> You're it's like lose. the, uh, you know, like the. Um, oh, what are those called? Where, where you basically have a like a crappy car, oh. and everyone has different versions of crappy cars that are just, I mean, just pieces oh, of yeah, junk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What is that? Yep. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I know what you're talking about. And they run through the like the uh, the. Uh, the really rough dirt course is that what you're talking about like at the yeah that sort of thing where like they're all there it's not it's not a demolition derby thing but they're all just pieces of garbage right they're diy homemade things it's not like nascar yeah that'd be fun or how, how about this you guys, have you guys ever seen the the, the figure eight suicide races <laughs> Yeah, that's what I picture. <laughs> yeah, dude, do a, a do a figure eight course with pod and booms. Oh, gee. Oh, with pod and boom. Oh yeah. man, it's it's game over. It makes me cringe just thinking about it. Yeah. Well, you know, everybody picks up a Raptor thirty and does it. You know, you can buy a Raptor thirty. Well, you could get parts for it, I guess. But uh, can you still buy a Raptor thirty? I you just showed your age right there, buddy. <laughs> no one says, yeah, just pick up a Raptor 30. and. <laughs> <laughs> well, you could do it with a uh, 130X or something. Uh, you know? Oh, that's true. Yeah. Or maybe the little 360-sized helis. Yeah, but those are still expensive. They are. You're right. Maybe the 180. Well, hell, that's probably enough bantering about that craziness. Didn't even really talk yeah. about helis, huh? Ah, but you know, it's uh, a little bit. I'll tell you what we can talk about for a few minutes. Um, we mentioned it once or twice already. For those of you who aren't going to be lucky enough to be in Florida this December, we feel sorry for you. But we are going to OHB and we're excited. But they should just come. Absolutely, they yeah. should. Everybody should. Bring the family, go to, oh man, all kinds of stuff to do down there. Isn't like. Disney World. Epcot Center's down there. What else is Epcot? Did you say <laughs> did you just Isn't say Epcot? Isn't that what it's called? <laughs> What's it called? Is it not Epcot? No, Epcot. Is it a T on the end? I thought yeah. it was, I thought it was a CH. No. No. Rocking out at Epcot Center and <laughs> Disneyland. Hey, I tell you, what, you go to Epcot. I'll go to Epcot. How's that sound? <laughs> oh. There's got to be a bar down there called Epcot. Right? If there isn't, then we need to open one. But anyway, uh, yeah, bring the family, hang out, and come uh, come down to the torches field and uh, and uh, wait. You're gonna all kinds of top pilots are gonna be there. Yeah, we're gonna have a blast. I mean, oh, we're geez. just gonna have a blast. It's gonna be a quick run for a, for a few of the guys. I'm gonna stay down in the sun. Not you, Dan. <laughs> yeah, not as Dan. you continue to remind us. <laughs> I'm gonna stay down in the sunny weather for a few days. I'm looking forward to that. 
I'm not going to do it. It will be nice, though. I mean, you know, you, you think oh, about yeah. it. I was thinking about this last night. I can pretty much just like pack a couple of pairs of shorts and I'm good to go. Yep. I don't need to. It's not ever going to be cold enough, even at night, to justify using pants. Oh, man. Isn't that cool? I miss summer already. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, summer. Man, I live in the wrong neck of the woods. Got to move somewhere else. At least for the winter. So anyway, yeah, OHP. Make your plans. Time's uh, time's going, getting short. You better get those uh, airplane reservations made, hotel reservations. Uh, get down there. Come hang out. Get to see Bert and Carrie and, geez, I don't even know the list of people that are coming. I mean, it's the same group of guys probably that come every year. I think Colin Bell's coming down, as I remember right. Yeah. Jeez, uh, uh, Jamie Robertson's going to be there. Oh, Did you say Kyle? Kyle's, Kyle Stacy. Kyle Stacy. Yep, yep, that's right. Yep. Yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. So, for those of you that are not going to be able to make it, uh, we will be doing some short shows from uh, from OHB, so you can kind of get our experience and a little bit of find out what's happening, uh, much like we did at Urcha. And then, of course, we'll be doing a. A big show, and uh, again, we're not quite sure which night we're going to be doing that. We're going to just kind of go with the flow and, and do it do it as we can. Uh, that show will be released. Well, heck, well, I guess it. Dep- I don't, I'm not sure if I can get it edited before I lose access to a computer, uh, which probably won't happen. Uh, I'll probably have to do it when I get back. So, uh, at least a few days after that one will be available. And then uh, of course we're going to just relieve the sh- uh, relieve release the short episodes right on the spot. Just like we did it. We're going to relieve ourselves right on the spot. Yeah. We're going <laughs> to, we will not wait. Pee on mics, whatever it takes. We're going to do it. Looking forward to it guys. Yes, sir. Oh, oh yes. yeah, definitely. Moving on to other news, RCHN news. If you didn't get your pre-order in, you're too late, unfortunately. But we are going to be getting some extras, the typical sizes. But uh, we did get the pre-order finished uh, today, in fact. So you can give us, oh, geez, I would imagine a week, maybe a week and a half to get them all printed up. And Ken will get them mailed out ASAP as soon as he gets his, his hands on them. So they will be showing up probably in two and a half weeks. Roughly. And we are going to, you know, we are going to have additional exactly. hoodies in stock and and sort of base the the sizes that we get off of roughly the distribution of sizes that we got in the pre-order. So yeah. if you didn't get your pre-order in, you still have the opportunity to pick up a, a hoodie. Yeah. And, you know, just go look at the store uh, when those come in stock and um, when we get them in and the, they'll all be listed. If you if there's a drop down. And you can see the size that you want. That means it's in stock. Uh, if it's not, well, then you should have got your pre-order in. <laughs> but for those of you who did, thank you for your support. We do appreciate that. And just look at the store. Also, there's hurt. There's hurts. Oh, my Lord. There's hats and shirts. See what I did there? I tried to combine those two words. Hurts and chats. <laughs> <laughs> 
Those are the same deal. If you go to the store, which, uh, by the way, the link to that is at the top of our webpage, www.rcalienation.com. Head there, click on the store, click on what you're looking for, and then go to that particular item, hit the drop down. And if you see your size in the drop down, that means it's available. Uh, go ahead and do your do, go ahead and put your order in, and uh, Ken will get that out to you right away. Same thing with the citizen cards. Of course, those are always in stock. Uh, if you haven't got yours, uh, hurry up and get that done. <laughs> so, <laughs> Alrighty, guys, I would invite you to check out our webpage www.rclnation.com. Just mentioned it a bit ago, but it's worth mentioning again. Uh, check out the chat room. Always groups group of guys that are chatting. Join the conversation. Facebook as well. Thank you for your support there. Let your friends know. We appreciate the support and the likes. Nick, if I wanted to get in touch with you, how would I do that? Uh, you'd shoot me an email at nick at rchelionation.com. Justin? You could send me an email at justin at rchelionation.com. Jesse? And you could send me an email to jesse at rchelionation.com. I'm Dan. You can reach me at dan at rchelionation.com. Uh, catch all of us on Facebook as well uh, under our respective names and uh, pretty much all, pretty much check it once or twice a day some of the guys more often uh, it's a great way to get in touch with us as well that pretty much wraps up this episode guys this has been episode 162 I'm sure hope you enjoyed listening to this episode as much as we've enjoyed making it have a good week guys we'll see you next Monday hasta later later guys Have a good one, guys. This has been a production of RC Heli Nation, LLC, and is brought to you by Soco Heli Tools, Progressive RC, Blade Helicopters, BK Servos, Rev Electrics USA, and Rotary Wing RC. If you have any questions, comments, or suggestions, please feel free to send us an email.